1: Everyone relax, this is TOEFOP, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, hello. We had a week off, we had to uh, recover after the big TOEFOP Live at the Melbourne Comedy Festival.
0: Yes, I had to recover, I was feeling particularly unwell that evening, I've got to say.
1: I don't know, I mean we sort of briefly talked about it on the actual show, which people maybe have heard by now, but you were ill. Yeah. That's the illest I've ever seen you, not in the Beastie Boys Definition of ill. No, not a license to will situation. <laughs> uh, you had a license to vomit.
0: Yeah, it was. I, I've never had a situation like this before. Normally, uh, when it comes to performing, I've had situations where I felt like I wanted to vomit before I went on stage where I've not been feeling well. But normally, once you get out on stage, like, you know, Dr. Showbiz, the adrenaline and all those sort of things takes care oh, of not you. No, not Dr. Showbiz. Yeah, not not uh, Charlie Sheen, Dr. Showbiz. Yeah, that's a whole different doctor. That's an unlicensed <laughs> Dr. Showbiz. Yeah,
1: he works mainly in the nose Yeah, uh, I think Eric. that
0: doctor does not have actual medical credentials, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. I think doctor might be... Went to the University of Columbia. I think you'll find that doctor just filled in uh, a Qantas form <laughs> where they said, what's your title? And they just put doctor and people have called them doctor ever since then. Um uh, I went on stage at the um, uh, State Theatre, which is at the yeah. Arts Centre in Melbourne. I had a show earlier that night. Yeah. And at the start of the show, I was feeling fantastic. And halfway through the show, I literally had a moment in the show where I was like, oh my God, I'm about to vomit on stage. And I I felt like in the audience, you would have seen me go completely gray and just start sweating. And for about the next five minutes, I can't remember what I said. I left out a big chunk of my show, which I only discovered when I went to do the callback to that chunk in the final bit. And it did not get a good response. (laughs) And I was like, oh fuck, I didn't do any of that bit. And that's why
1: I always say, wear your hat in summer. (laughs) It was pretty much like that. I did this
0: thing which normally gives this huge response and it got nothing. And I was like, oh yeah, I didn't do that bit because that was in the bit of the show where I was trying desperately not to vomit on stage at the art center.
1: Yeah, you, because you, you spoke to me before we went on stage and you were like, I'm just, you know, feeling ill. I don't know if it's a cold and flu tablets or whatever. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then when we got uh, onto stage and we sat down, I looked over. And you were in the shape of a horseshoe. <laughs> like you were, your head was so close to your knees because you were just trying desperately to compress, I imagine, the uh, stomach region where the vomit was sitting. No, I was trying to blow myself. <laughs> I don't know what you try to do
0: while we do podcasts, but I try to blow myself. <laughs> it's a live show, Charlie. You got to bring something for people who pay 35 bucks.
1: Finally, after hundred 30 something episodes, this is what we came to see. I mean,
0: if I had managed to blow myself with my bad hips, been... the
1: crowd would have gone <laughs> would have wild. Crack- <laughs> Wouldn't it have been great to listen to. If you're there, it would have been amazing. Well, that's yeah. why you have
0: to come to live shows. <laughs> you don't get to see me trying to blow myself during these ones. Um, yeah, I. We were going to catch a tram from the art center up to the show mm. and I actually said to Kathleen and my manager and my producer who was there with me who uh, I said I just don't think I can even get on board like I don't want to vomit on a tram I'd rather just walk up on the street. Mate, and you know that thing the where the first
1: hour of the show would have written itself if you had like can you imagine I have just vomited on a group of people on a tram bang show's done. The reason
0: I was looking down at my groin was I thought if I looked up at the roof I would see a baby crawling across it train <laughs> spotting style that's how I felt. I felt like I've never had had heroin to come off but I felt like somebody had accidentally slipped me some heroin and now
1: I was going through withdrawals and so where, did you feel was there any stage did you feel like I can't go on Uh when people kept giving me beers
0: like this is how somebody else said to me afterwards like I go I knew you were actually sick because every time someone gave you a beer you would mime having a drink of it <laughs> and then you would put it down next to you next you to are the, a terrible actor next to the Make eight other beers <laughs> That were sitting next to me on stage. Yeah, I, I felt absolutely terrible, but um, the show itself was great. All our
1: guests were fantastic. Oh, yeah, and- I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone, all the feedback I got, I mean, look, it's always going to be positive. We don't get many people getting, coming just to tell, coming to the show, buying a ticket just to tell us they hated it. But people really enjoyed it. And the great thing I'd say, because this is the second time we've done, A show in the comedy theater, which is like you know a capacity of like a thousand, is it still feels like a toefop show? Like, there was always that concern. I always had this thing about rap music, for instance. I always enjoy seeing rap when it's in a kind of club or a sort of contained area. Every time I've seen it on a big stage, unless there's like a fucking 14-piece orchestra, I'm like, oh, no, it's better when it's small and intimate. You know, it's not like kind of a, a live thing. Sort of worried about that with our podcast. Like, oh, we'll do a 300-seater at the town hall, in a smaller room. If we go to a big stage, does that somehow lose it? But I felt like, like, in all the moments where... It wasn't a big show where something stupid or dumb or minor or whatever. or The moments of awkward, si- awkward <laughs> silence. Awkward <laughs> silence. It felt like a Toe Pop show when things were going wrong. When my big centerpiece moment about making these fucking badges completely collapses on itself and the entire audience is scratching their heads. I'm like, oh, now it feels like Toe Pop. Well, you know the thing
0: about the badge thing was, it was one of those ideas that, so run
1: people through what you imagined would happen. Well, every time we do a live show, yes. I like to bring a little something. Yeah, like which I appreciate. Something. And so... Some content. I was thinking about it when I was in LA. It's like, fuck, like I actually have not had time to think of anything. There's nothing that came to mind that I could that I could bring out and do 10 minutes on whatever. And then people started contacting me on Twitter about, oh, it's the five-year anniversary of Superpod. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, well, there's something. And so I started thinking about well, what could I do on stage that might be funny? Like, I thought, like, at at some points I was like, well, maybe I'll write, like, some kind of in memoriam for Dixie to read or whatever. And then I was like, oh, could I go more elaborate where I have, like, kids come out holding candles or something like that? Like, I really started, What what would sum it up? What I
0: love the most about this, though, is, of course, the conceit at the heart of it is that we're constantly celebrating and referring back to a thing
1: that, by the very nature of what happened, no no. one really heard. (laughs) That's an, and probably, I would I would argue the amount of listeners we have now, the majority of them would not have any idea what. Superpod oh no no! no. Was. When we
0: were talking about Superpod in that room of people who paid to see the show, there were a lot
1: of blank and confused <laughs> faces. It's always a gamble. I knew it was a gamble, but part of me was like, but if it comes off. So Yeah, I like to feel
0: like it's um, you know, Midnight Oil are getting back together and they're gonna tour all over the world and they've learnt all their songs. They've learnt like 170 songs and they're gonna play some really obscure shit. I feel like that's what that was. Yeah, yeah, like It was like we came B-track. out, like come yeah, Midnight Oil and we played four songs off our first album that we never played live. Well,
1: actually, you know what it was is when we did The superpod reunion where we got Greg and Dave on stage. And we got Dixie to read that Immemorian moment and stuff. And it went down really well. Yeah. And I was like Because the
0: guys who did the Super Pod with us were there. Were there. And
1: it made (laughs) sense. But that was kind of my idea was like, oh this will the more overblown I can make this, considering it is such a footnote and so minor, and the dudes that we you know, did the show with aren't even here, like, maybe that will be the joke in itself. Turns out that was the joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that people were laughing
0: at us, not with us. By the way, in a very old school moment, we haven't had one of these for a while, one of the dogs has just let rip with one of... Oh, really? It, it, will, it will come your way in a minute. I'm okay, imagining... Great. That it's one that has their bum pointed yeah. towards me. Ramona's
1: the... ass is pointed directly at you. It's... Yeah, so yeah. she's
0: got to be suspect number one, seeing that you're not getting it and I'm getting it like full force. So I would suggest that's what's happened. If it feels like I either, if it feels like I'm not breathing for a couple of minutes, or that I'm talking with my nose blocked,
1: that's because I'm talking with my nose blocked. <laughs> well, this is people. Oh, and no, I've got it. Just got it. <laughs> <laughs> it just hit me. Uh... Oh, SBD <laughs> and a real fucking, yeah, that was like an M. Night Shyamalan fart where it's like, oh, <laughs> there, I get it, I get it, I get it. Well done, Ramona. Uh, in case you can't tell, Will and I are actually in the same room. The reason why we don't get a lot of fart fucking uh, the banter on Tofop yep, lately true. is because we're often not in the same country.
0: No, that's true. And it's very hard to describe a fart over Skype. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's good. We're in the same room. In fact, we're... Already two hours deep in podcasting today because we just did an episode of our football podcast, uh, Two Guys, One Cup, which you should have been able to hear by the time that you're hearing this. So, yeah, we're well warmed up. Yeah. Yeah, we're into the day. And I've also come with some content today, Charlie. All right. What? what Uh, Well, there's just been a lot of like TOEFOP related things that have been sent our way that I just thought we should should talk about today. Um, First one that I got sent this week. Um, uh, Tom Hardy was in the news I don't know if you saw this uh, story but I'm going to read it to you Tom Hardy real life action hero chases down a motorbike thief in London wow now you may have guessed from the headline some of the details of this story it's either horrible luck or the greatest oh hang on sorry the age just hang on so we have pre-roll ads on our stories <laughs> yeah we do apparently that's how we're getting advertising into the show <laughs> when it leaks through from the ages website <laughs> Uh, uh, this story is by Rob Moran. Uh, it's either horrible luck or the greatest story in a petty criminal's life. You managed to swipe a motorbike only to be run down by a marauding Mad Max. Actor Tom Hardy, although, <laughs> uh, sorry, Rob Moran. Uh, but it's actually spelt in this article on the age uh, actor Tom
1: Hardley. <laughs> oh no. And people wonder why journalism's going in the toilet. Tom Hardley. Maybe, it wasn't, Maybe even it wasn't Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy at all. No. Maybe it
0: was another guy who's a Tom Hardy impersonator, but he legally has to go by the name Tom Hardley. I mean it's a Because he looks pun. like Tom Hardy, but he but can't do any of the things that Tom Hardy He's can actually exactly. do.
1: It's the perfect
0: name for an impersonator. We want a Tom Hardy type. Oh, I think we can get Tom Hardley. Well actually it's Hardly Tom. <laughs> That's on his business card. Yeah. Hardly <laughs> Tom Hardley. Hardly, hardly, hardly <laughs> Tom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hardly Tom Hardy. <laughs> Used to be a porn
0: star. <laughs> um, all right. Actor Tom Hardley appre- uh, uh, apprehended a teen thief who crashed a stolen motorbike in South London traffic. According to witnesses, the actor sprinted after the boy after he attempted to flee the scene. Uh, this is the witness who's saying this. It was mental. Like it's, it, was metal. it was mental. It was mental. It was mental. It was <laughs> mental. Like he'd switched to superhero mode in an action movie. Gov. That's how the guy actually talked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Governor. A witness told the son. Uh, two boys on the... Uh, oh, this is the best. This person must have spoken like this because this is the quote. It was mental. Like he'd switched to superhero mode in an action movie. Two boys on the nicked moped Nick. had jumped a red light and smashed into a car. Tom must have been walking down the road. He went off like oh, a... blow me, I dropped my bloody tea when I saw that. <laughs> He went off like a shot in pursuit. I choked on my beggars and mashed and looked furious. I asked Tom what happened, and he told me he chased him through my back garden and caught him around the block. The witness said, adding that hardly hardly hardy proudly pronounced uh, okay. He said four words. I'm gonna let you guess Max, what the four words my were. My name being. is Max. <laughs> Um, all right one of the words is uh, I the first word is I I'll give you that yeah Uh, second word is caught and I want you to supply the last last two words a thief a thief is one way you could have put it yeah I caught a thief that's what he could have said but he didn't no Uh, I caught the
1: I caught the I caught the bad guy (laughs) I, I caught the I caught the I caught the bloke. I caught the... Give me a hint. What's the last word? starts with C. Caught the cunt. (laughs) I caught the soft bump. (laughs) Little callback to our other show. Uh, Tom Hardy's clearly not a man you
0: mess with. I think he even checked the kid's ID before the cops took over. (laughs) What the fuck is
1: going on? (laughs) This article does not seem legit. (laughs) In what sounds like he a He checked the kid's ID. <laughs> Under what circumstances, even if you're making a citizen's arrest, do you need, need, then need to see the kid's ID? I mean, what are you running the ID through? Exactly. It's not like you can check it with your records. No, he just wanted to <laughs> cut up some cocaine. He's like, oi, give me your license. <laughs> Why? Do you need to check my ID? No, just I'm off my head on run <laughs> I'm chasing children down the street and tackling them off
0: motorbikes. I'm, I'm hanging out with Dr. Showbiz, you don't get it. <laughs> In, uh, here we go in what sounds like a scene from one of his films the yeah start- it
1: does I gotta be honest with you <laughs> fucking Paul Moran maybe he was just filming a scene from one of his <laughs> yeah, films exactly and a guy just doesn't understand how cameras English work English movie star was are seeing <laughs> driving a car through a desert chased by marauding no they'll make filming Fury Road yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hollywood heartthrob Tom Hardy was seen wearing a mask chasing battle <laughs> no no it's a, again Paul it's, it's a movie you're, you're visiting... You're an entertainment reporter. We t- fly you to the sets of film. His editor's in Paul, but when we send you on location, it's a movie. It's make pretend. No, no, I saw. The Hulk is fighting Thor in an alien planet. Chris Hemsworth was being attacked by the Hulk. No. Oh, God, Paul. How do we explain this? There is fiction and there's reality. You're an entertainment reporter. Um... Uh, The sun said the star vaulted walls
0: as he sprinted after the crook, then grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and patted him down for concealed weapons.
1: This is bullshit. Okay, firstly, if he's vaulting walls, and Ah. this is coming from one eyewitness or multiple eyewitnesses. Well, this seems like a second eyewitness. But if he vaults one wall, how do you see, like, how can you see the next? Unless you're watching from a building, I guess. If you're watching this from a building... And you could see, because otherwise, if you're on ground level, right. you see, as soon as he like vaulted, if Tom Hardy came into your backyard yeah, right now, and vaulted the and fence, vaulted that fence, yeah. we don't know if he's vaulted multiple fences. It's a good point.
0: Well, well, I guess when he vaulted the next fence, we'd see him appear above our fence as he was vaulting over that fence. What? Well, so you'd see him vault our fence, and then you'd see nothing when he ran across the thing. But then as he vaulted, like Ferris Bueller style, off the yeah, trampoline yeah, yeah, over yeah, yeah. the fence, you'd still see the top of his head go over the next fence.
1: Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll pay that. Yeah. All right.
0: I liked your argument. Maybe the, the wall wasn't that high. Maybe the wall's... Oh, they're vaulted. watching from like an
1: apartment building. Oh, sorry. I always guys. get
0: walls confused with gutters. He <laughs> vaulted a couple <laughs> of gutters. Sorry, stepped up over the gutter. Um, He sprinted after the crook and uh, yeah, patted him down for concealed weapons. Now, it's been established this kid was a minor, right? Yeah. Surely you're not allowed to pat down a minor, I regardless so. of...
1: Also, why are you... Like, I mean, all right. So I'm assuming he's apprehended the kid. Yep. The kid's like, given up. Like... Wouldn't you just say to them, like, if you're worried about them carrying a weapon, wouldn't you just tell them, just like, if you, you know, have you got, have you got, have you got a weapon? Like, why do you have to pat him down? Like, either you're under threat where you're defending yourself from this kid and there's no time, like, the only time you're patting someone down is when they have submitted, right? To a pat down. Uh So you've got him. Like, just wait for the police to arrive. This didn't happen, by the way. (laughs) I'm convinced this, what is this newspaper? The Sun. Scotland
0: Yard Police oh, shit. later confirmed the report saying two 16-year-old males ran off and one was detained by Tom Hardy. Born although, by Tom Hardley. All by, all by Tom Hardley. Under the alias Tom Hardley. <laughs> Real name Tom Hardley. Uh, although the actor's spokesperson declined to comment.
1: Oh, that means he did it.
0: Hardley... Thirty-nine, who recently co-created and starred in the BBC uh, period drama *Taboo*, yeah,
1: lost a lot of money on that apparently.
0: Uh, will be, well, that's why he was running after the kids. <laughs> he actually, <laughs> he actually needed the motorbike. Yeah. Uh, will next be seen in *Dunkirk*. Um, yeah, okay. Well, they put a couple of plugs in at the end, but <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> fascinating. There you go.
1: *Citizen's Arrest*.
0: Yeah, by Tom Hardy. Tom Hardley. So, speaking of Tom Hardley, uh here's another story oh, yeah. that might be of interest to us. *Fury Road*. Uh, the challenge facing uh, Mad Max sequels. Uh, fa- franchise creator George Miller has said uh, both installments of the Mad Max uh, sequels have already been written. Mm. So, uh, he's come out and he's kind of announced there'll be uh, the first two, first of the two movies Miller said would be called Mad Max The
1: Wasteland. Hang on. I read this article. Yep. I don't know this is news. I feel like I've heard this before, that we knew that there was such an abundance of material. They had other films ready to go.
0: Yeah, but I mean, now he's saying we've got two screenplays.
1: But didn't they always have that?
0: Well, I think he said that he had a whole world of oh, different story, stories. But now there he's kind of saying, you know, now he's saying oh, we've got screenplays. Okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> um, so uh, the first of the two movies, uh, Miller said, would be called Mad Max, The Wasteland.
1: Is that a bit redundant? Like, you know, it's not. Like you don't say Star Wars, Out of Space you know what I mean (laughs) like it's of course it's the wasteland you know what I mean it's Mad Max I mean that's a good point like Fury Road like
0: Jurassic Park dinosaurs (laughs) (laughs) Indiana Jones archaeology
1: (laughs) Fast and the Furious Uh, cars cars you know what I mean? Like, it's just a bit too much information. It's almost like it's one step short of snakes on a plane. Uh, well, it's the wasteland,
0: not wasteland. So, yeah. you know, there might be a specific wasteland. Yeah, uh, that It'd be amazing
1: about. if it was Max Mad, Teenage Wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be amazing? Like a Dazed and Confused style teen coming-of-age story set in Mad Max. Mad Max's Wasteland. Or,
0: wouldn't we like to see, like, Young Max... Like a young... Like, you know, you, you do this sort of like... No,
1: because... Uh, oh, okay. Let, right. Just as he's becoming mad. Hang on. As a teenager. No, no. But he, Max didn't become mad until the end of the first film when right. his wife and kid get killed. Uh-huh. So it wouldn't be... It'd be maybe Max's first mad experience with uh-huh. feeling anger. Well, it'd be
0: maybe it'd be... Mildly mild, miffed Max. Mild Max. <laughs> mildly, miffed Max.
1: <laughs> mildly miffed Max. Mildly miffed Max. <laughs> but if you did a teenage Mad Max, yeah. so when they pick up the first film yeah moody max it's not full uh he's not mad it's he's not just full moody. dystopia it's yep. kind of civilization is on the brink of collapse there's still some so
0: it's set right now
1: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that is terrifying <laughs> it's set
0: at this exact point in time
1: yeah because in about civilization
0: is on the brink of collapse we don't know if it'll be nuclear war we don't know if it'll be crazy leaders we don't know if it'll be climate change it'll be you know vaccines going backwards and people getting diseases they shouldn't get but it's all in place it's ready to go fucking you're right right so, and maybe then, Tom, and Hardy. Then there's a if Tom Hardy is a teenager called Max, Moody Max. <laughs>
1: but if Tom Hardy is fucking tackling kids in, in, in the street now, where the civilizations, civilization's on the brink of collapse, maybe he will become Mad Max in this right. new. You know, he seems like a righteous person on a quest for vengeance.
0: Started tackling a couple of kids off a motorbike.
1: Oh my but- God, that would be amazing! <laughs> You know what I mean? That would be like taking The Three Amigos or Tropic Thunder to the next level. You know, the concept that someone who pretends to be someone actually becomes that person in real life. Imagine if Tom Hardy became the real-life Mad Max. Well, maybe
0: that's what George Miller's working
1: on, is his piece to the resistance, right? Well, because I think they say in this article, how do you top Fury Road? Yeah. Like, maybe they shouldn't make a sequel. That's how you do it. You top it.
0: By (laughs) By having a real apocalypse (laughs) and having Tom Hardy. Well... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, the dogs are fighting there over was, a bottle. You so, that idea? yeah, yeah, they're pretty into think that think idea. Of, like,
1: pretty mad. George Miller doing a real Mad world Mona out of
0: Max. and Mad Winona. How do you guys feel about it? You're fighting over. You're fighting over a water bottle. Fighting, that's much, like, much like we will
1: be doing. Ah, oh, and also two weeks. Oh, oh, another yeah. one. Come on, oh, Jesus Christ!
0: Come on, outside, outside,
1: outside. Now, well, for the first time, Will is actually expelling the dogs from the pod cave this doesn't happen Ramona is protesting and she's sitting right next to me which means I'll get it first the next one that comes correct so I've put a buffer in between Ramona and I and <laughs> my nostrils
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Winnie despite my wishes has brought the bottle straight back into the office yeah, so no, that'll go no, well no respect uh, really well no, now she's playing a game with it with it's much louder yeah, So that's great that'll work really well thanks Winnie no, she's taking it out now no she's okay. not she's no. No. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> anyway, welcome to We Describe Dogs. <laughs> Slick professionalism edition. Yeah. Show. Um, all right. So, uh,
1: yeah, I don't. I, I do you want to see Mad Max uh, Fury Road sequel.
0: Yeah. Fury Highway. They should just go. <laughs> 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 Fury Fury Roundabout. Fury Freeway. Yeah. <laughs> Mad Max Fury Freeway. Mad Max Fury uh, Roundabout. Mad Max Fury.
1: I guess the question is. And look, this is no, no disrespect to George or whatever, but considering what those films are to make, I think, you know, he's earned some time off. Like, I would be happy if he oversaw another director coming in and maybe having a crack at it. I think that may not be a bad thing. In the same way that, look, if George wants to do the next one, fucking I'm 100%, I'll buy the first ticket front row. But I would also think that in the same way that Star Wars has been handed off to other filmmakers to say, "Hey, this is what we'd do with this universe you've created," I'd be excited to see like another director come in and have a crack at it. Yeah, but
0: I, like Star Wars, they didn't give it to another director until fucking George Miller, had fu- no, until George, George Lucas was- had fucked it heaps yeah. of times. <laughs> Whereas, like you know, George Miller's coming off like the last one being awesome.
1: Well, it's, I I, I really- want to see
0: him make it. I don't trust anybody to make it as well as he would make
1: it. I read this interview uh, when I was in LA. I went and saw Assault on Precinct 13, which is like one of John Carpenter's you know, earliest films. And John Carpenter is one of those kind of cult filmmakers who you know, made a bunch of fucking films that people know and love but never really had mainstream success, like Big Trouble in Little China, The Thing. They're probably the closest star man. But he never really transitioned into being like that blockbuster Spielberg type director. He always sort of stayed in that kind of indie genre and now they remake his films all the fucking time. Like the fog gets remade. Um, uh, uh, can't think of one of the film of his escape from New York. They're remaking. So they keep remaking his films and he just keeps getting paychecks. And someone said to him, like, don't you, aren't you protective of like that? And he's like, no, fuck that. Like you said, the paycheck I get for doing absolutely nothing. They credit me as a producer. I get this big, keep fucking remaking my stories, man. I have no problem with that at all. <laughs> it's like, I kind of like that.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I think like George is at that age now where,
1: you know, I mean, eventually he's... we should literally just fucking walk down your street and ask him. Just, ask him. just shout He it. lives in the area. Let's just go shout it his through door. his window. It's weird that we speculated so much
0: where really we could have just walked out yeah. and asked him
1: these questions. We should do that right now. Let's just take the fucking, the, the H6 with us. We'll walk down your street and we'll live commentate as we knock on George's door.
0: George, it says here, <laughs> and by the way, do you think Tom Hardy uh, rescued some kids off a motorbike? Do you think that's true? <coughs> Sorry. Um, the first of the two movies, Miller said, would be called Mad Max: The, the wasteland, wasteland, and might end up going deeper than expected in terms uh, of apocrypha for Fury Road.
1: What's apocrypha?
0: I don't really know. Um, if we get
1: apocryphal, apocryphal, apocryphal tale, isn't that when something's made up?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, so I guess it means it, it might go deeper into what's been made up. Uh, um, yeah, right. If we get to make another movie. The Doof Warrior will be there, Miller said. Amazing. Referring to the figure with the flame-throwing guitar from the last movie. Oh, like
1: you need to tell us who the Doof Warrior is. Well, I mean, they in the article have told us. I love us. that. I love that. This is how great a fucking filmmaker George Miller is, is. This is a character who is so minor to that fucking film, but he's aware enough to know that it had such a fucking cultural impact that he can reference it in an article to promote his new film. It's genius. Uh, he says here, I know who his mother was. Hey! (laughs) Hang on, George. Hang
0: on, what? Are you boasting now? Is that what you're... (laughs) If you know what I mean. And then winked at the journalist. (laughs) Um, I know who his mother was. I know how it was that a man who was mute and blind survived the apocalypse. I know his thought... (laughs)
1: I'm sorry, has that been disabled? Is I that know. suggesting that someone who is blind and mute, the only way they can survive in the wasteland is to give blowjobs? I mean, it was only implied that this guy, this guy, he was going to a lot of doofs. Yeah. You know what it's like at doofs. Totally. Take he's a bit in, of ecstasy. At three o'clock in the Lucy, morning. Lucy. Everyone's fucking blind, mate. <laughs> Gay,
0: straight, whatever. Exactly. I'm the doof warrior. Um, no, he's obviously, uh, he's mute and blind and he's uh, survived by through his powers of doof. Yeah. He's doof powers. Yeah. Um Uh so yeah, so there's uh Mad Max uh What's the other one called? Wasteland and oh I thought it said in this article, but maybe
1: Mad Max T B C and
0: yeah, and Mad Max and an untitled Mad Max project. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess
1: if like, you if you got James Mangold, who did Logan ah. in to do the next to do Mad Max Wasteland, I reckon that'd be fucking dope. I mean, he gets that Western genre, that modern Western genre. He gets big spectacle. Logan is essentially a variation on the Mad Max antihero. Like, I'd like, would, would you like to see James Mangold, Mad Max? I, to
0: be honest, now that you've just mentioned that, all I really want to see is George Miller's Logan. Oh, fuck, that'd be Right, good. see? Yeah. So that's why George Miller's your director, because <laughs> that idea is still better than the other yeah. way around, yeah. right? <laughs> That's my point. It's like, yeah, there's a point where I think these Mad Max stories might get told by other directors. But Mm. at the moment, while we still have the guy who knows how to do it, I reckon let him have at least
1: another. You're role right. You it. know what? I'm being ageist. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm looking out as someone who doesn't know George Miller personally at all. But I'm like, oh god, like it's such a long time to get that first one made. and You're in the desert for a year and then like another two years of post. You know, maybe just take it easy. Fuck if he wants to do it. Yeah. Why am I putting limitations? What on he's anyway?
0: gonna start? He's, he's gonna make <laughs> his next one in his 80s after he's had a few years off. <laughs> yeah. Get him done now. Well, mate. he
1: says in that interview that he wants to make another film in between to clear his. watch the? There's actually a quote. Find it. He oh, says yeah. he wants to make another film in between to something like clear the mind or something.
0: Happy feet three. Just uh, there's no, a, it's something smaller. Just is a palate palette cleanser. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, I will just uh, go to the Sydney Morning Herald site. Um, oh, <laughs> guess what? What? It's our good friend Rob Moran.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He's back. He's back. I was calling him Paul before. Oh, whatever. Knows. I'm sure he's just glad for the attention. Well, you were calling him Tom Hardley, so I can call you Paul. Right? Well,
0: I yeah, I think, yeah, Rob. You called Tom Hardy Tom Hardley, so.
1: Probably one of the most famous movie stars yep. in the world.
0: Uh, so, uh, George Miller has... has- <laughs> has again stoked the flames for a return to his dusty dystopian wasteland.
1: Ah, nice alliteration.
0: Saying he has two new Mad Max screenplays already completed. Um all right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um uh, Okay. The action epic almost 15 years in the making and shot over 120 days in 2012. Okay, so you're right. It took a long time to make that film. Uh the lengthy delay in getting the film to screen its predecessor was 1985's Beyond Thunderdome. Resulted in a wealth of material and backstories from the Mad Max universe. Uh, we dug down deep into the subtext, the backstory of all the characters, dug and down indeed deep the world, into the
1: dirty dystopian wasteland.
0: And without really thinking about it, we wrote two other screenplays, just part as the bible of stories. Mm-hmm. Right. While the seventy-two-year-old director confirmed he'll take on a quick and small project first to reboot the brain.
1: Reboot the brain.
0: So he's going to reboot his brain. But just a quick project. What would that be? Just a quick small... What would you like to see George Miller do just as a little... Well,
1: all right, but it's also, in context, as small as compared to $150 million Mad Max Fury Road. Right. So it could still be like, you know, George Clooney, World War Two fucking whatever. Like, I don't think he's making clerks. It'd be great <laughs> if he did, though. George
0: Miller... Rebooting Clerks. Clerks. George Miller's be... doing a scene-by-scene, scene, like one of those scene-by-scene like remakes. Van Sant with yeah. Psycho. <laughs> Not changing one bit of it.
1: That'd be amazing. Shooting on black and white. Who would Not you cast? So if he was going to cast a couple of... like So he... Dante and uh, Randall, yeah, right? So... Dante, oh, he's got a bit of a Dante about him. The- so you need
0: somebody who's like Michael what? Shannon. He's a oh yeah, Michael Shannon. <laughs> Michael
1: Shannon with a beard. Yeah, Michael Shannon could definitely play Dante. <laughs> like I mean, because we, we want to, we're not trying to go like similes, right? We want to do this is George's. Version, this is George Miller's version of
0: Clerks. Clerks.
1: Yeah. Okay. Clerks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Shannon is Dante, and then yep. Randall. So Randall's kind of like the sarcastic... Ryan Reynolds doing a
0: comedy role again.
1: Yeah, that's good. Are they close? Are they similar enough in age, though? Michael be...
0: Shannon and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, might have to recast. Ryan Reynolds might be too old. Are you saying?
1: No, I'm saying Shannon's too old.
0: Oh, but Shannon can play all sorts of ages. Have you ever seen like?
1: But the whole thing about clerks, right? Isn't yeah. like it's a twenty something. Yeah, that's true. You kind of so need. Cast way too old. Yeah, that's Let's a re- good point. Well, right.
0: maybe George Miller's made them. Like this is his twist on it. It's a scene by scene, but they're both now in their mid thirties. Right. Well, how about this? having the same job? Well, they've
1: made two clerks movies. How about this, Kevin Smith? Yeah. Uh-huh. Sells the rights to clerks and George Miller buys them and decides to make clerks three. Clerks three. So it's middle aged clerks. You can cast Michael Shannon and Ryan Reynolds. I think that would pass. Yeah. I think if you cast them as an old Don, I mean, the poor actors from the original clerks would be spewing. <laughs> right they get, cap- get cameos. Okay. Okay. I'm like, sure. Like as the, the ambulance guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, they come to get the girlfriend from the toilet. Yeah, the Ghostbusters stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Michael Shannon and Ryan Reynolds. I can see that, totally. Okay. uh, And it's still set in the convenience store. Are you saying Shot for Shot Remake? Yeah,
0: Shot for Shot Remake. Who plays uh, Jay and Silent Bob? Ah, that's
1: good. Well, George Miller has to play Silent (laughs) Bob. George Miller plays Silent Bob. That's amazing. Yeah, that makes sense. George George Miller. Miller is
0: Silent Bob in George Miller's Clerks. A scene-by-scene remake of the cult classic by superstar director George Miller, starring George Miller as Uh, Silent Bob.
1: Wouldn't you love to see George Miller just mugging it up, doing all that kind of like silent mind acting and stuff, wearing an overcoat and a backwards baseball cap? So who's Jay then? Yeah. Jay. So you need a sort of of scungy, sort of long-haired kind of dude. And it's got to be someone who's...
0: Oh yeah, I was same, about age, to, same
1: yeah. age, same age as George Miller.
0: I was about to say um, Iggy Pop's are really good, actually, because I was about to say Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili
1: Peppers. I think you want him closer in age to George, though. Yeah, no, that's good. Iggy yeah, Pop's yeah. perfect. <laughs> Shirt off. Yeah, I would fucking love and he'd be like, to see this. Yeah, film. I can
0: imagine Iggy Pop doing the whole berserker sort yeah, of does does the <laughs> fast talking.
1: Hey, you... hey, slut! You ever had your ass licked by a fat man in an overcoat? <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Well, George Miller just stands there silently, um, and I wonder if too can you retool because there's a lot of Star Wars references. Yeah, can you retool it? Do you, are you allowed to toy the script at all? Can you retool it to maybe reference the prequels or you know whether where Star Wars is now?
0: Yeah, I reckon there'd be a couple of moments you can update it. We update it, but I reckon what you get, do oh, is hang you. On.
1: I'm confused. But we've said he's making Clerks. Three. Oh, Clerks three. Sorry, clerks we're two. not. Yeah, we're not doing a scene by no, scene. So it have no, because you said we yeah. were
0: originally doing a shot by shot. Okay, but we're not we're doing mate, But now we're
1: we're doing Clerks three. Now we're doing Clerks three. Miramax. I'm not sure if you know this, but George Miller. We've George, got two ideas. So we've got, George has got two ideas. Which one oh. do you like the most? I, can you imagine that? Like when? Yeah, that that would be amazing. It, that's the kind of they've just announced that David Fincher is going to be directing a sequel to World War Z. Oh, and like. I didn't eat, I did not care for World War Z couldn't imagine there was a sequel even in that but you tell me that David Finch is going to direct it I'm
0: like all right I'm in well that's like one of those points in a story like I mean we were talking about this the other day with the mummy where if the story if you feel like there's enough in the story you could make a good movie out of it and I think that's the same with World War Z there's enough good stuff there they just need a better director to come in and like make a better movie
1: but it's just weird isn't it that just make a, just let him make his own, If unless it's, there's nothing about the first World War Z that you're like, oh, well, you need to have these characters. That was so generic in terms of a zombie survival film. Like, just give David Pitcher, ba- Brad Pitt, and- How big, like, how much
0: power do you think that, say, George Miller had? Because imagine, like, if his project, for example, was like, he just didn't like the last episode of Lost, and he goes, as my project, I'm going to make- a final episode the definitive of Lost, final episode the of definitive Lost. final episode of Lost. He really loved the show, uh, but he was disappointed by the final episode. So his new is he project is it to go to
1: cinemas or just to go like as a Netflix. Watch it wherever you want. It'll right. be released a in streaming. cinemas, but okay. you can then oh, then well, it'll just be comprehensive, everywhere. universal. Yeah, universal uh, re release. His, it's
0: his passion project. He's he just always wanted to remake the last episode of Lost.
1: Well, I mean, when you think about Psycho, that's essentially what happened. Gus Van Sant obviously went to some studio and was like, I'm going to do a shot for shot remake of Psycho. And they're like, oh, you mean like inspired by it? It's like, no, literally frame sizes will be the same. Performances will be the same. Everything will be exactly the same. And someone's like, okay, sure. here's $40 million. Right. So yeah, it could happen. Yeah. I would like to see it happen. I actually met the cinematographer of that Psycho remaking. If you were
0: Spielberg, you could, you'd feel like you could do that all the time? Like, there was a time where he was big enough that he just must have been watching things and going, fuck it, I'm just going
1: to go and remake this better. I think that would happen all the time. Spielberg, if Spielberg decided to do that, definitely. Like, I don't know George Miller, as successful as he is, I don't know he has enough juice, but I reckon George uh, Steven Spielberg could pick any fucking property that was available And so he wants to make the final episode of Happy Days as a feature film. He would get it, for sure. Okay,
0: uh, what about this then? Um, uh, At the height of CSI, one of the things that happened was that um, uh, Quentin Tarantino, who was a big fan of CSI, directed an episode He also did that with ER as well, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, well, so that's the example, right? Someone who's got a little bit of heat is using it just to kind of go and direct his favourite show or like add his twist to stuff, right? Yeah. So what would be that thing now who would be the who would you love to see like of the modern day directors like just look at tv and go i'd love to see an episode of them doing
1: well i guess you um you know something on on netflix like wouldn't it be great to see like one of those old school 80s directors like a toby hooper or a joe dante do an episode of stranger things you know like if wes craven was still around that'd be amazing to see him do like american horror Story. That's what I'd like to see. Yeah, right. But maybe we're just sounding like old men. Maybe those dudes, the whole reason why, you know, shows like that exist is because it's the second generation of influenced.
0: Oh, there's no doubt we sound like old dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: you know what would be great to see Paul McCartney come out and play with 21 Pilots. (laughs) He had a bit of a hip jam in the 60s.
0: Um, All right, so he's going to do a quick and small project to reboot The Brain.
1: Yeah, The Clerks 3.
0: And then, um, so uh, Mad Max... By the way,
1: can I just say, uh, Reed Parker, there you go. (laughs) Silent Bob George Miller, please. Uh,
0: In January, Tom Hardy all but confirmed he'd be reprising the iconic role, telling a TV panel it's a question of when. I'm there, I'm just waiting for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so you know there's not a lot of details but there are some details I
1: was surprised yeah I, I feel like everything that that article talked about I already knew I was not surprised by anything in that
0: yeah although if newspapers only wrote information that you didn't know about the Mad Max franchise they wouldn't write a lot about the Mad Max franchise and you wouldn't have a lot of your information yeah. because you read about it in the newspaper originally <laughs> good point um, alright speaking of uh, movie actually let's have a little pause just for a all second right. and then uh, we'll come back with another movie news And we're back. We're back, yes. Okay, so some more news that has been sent to us. Um, Children of the 1970s and 1980s rejoice. A cult favourite is getting a revamp. Monkey Magic is heading back to the screen and will air as 10 half-hour episodes on ABC TV, TV New Zealand and Netflix later this year. How do you feel about this monkey magic? The I, of uh, monkey magic? I
1: was excited by this. I actually didn't even realize it was happening until about three weeks ago. My manager in the States actually was telling me he's got a client who's working on the show. But then I saw the photo. And it's like... Look, they... They don't really look like the original cast. No. well, It's well, what's fair to say. What do you say about the, the original series? I believe... And you may need to fucking hit Mr. Wikipedia on this. <coughs> but I believe the original series of Monkey was a Japanese production of a Chinese myth. Which I think you're okay with, all right? Like, I'm not an expert wow. in Japanese-Chinese relations, but I think that you're like, okay, sure.
0: Um, I don't know. There might be some cultural, but here we go. Monkey TV series. Uh, Sei- Sa- Sayuki.
1: That sounds Japanese. Uh,
0: Journey to the West. No, that sounds Japanese. Is nice. also known by its English title monkey yes uh also commonly referred to as monkey magic yes the show's title song a japanese television drama based on the chinese novel journey to the west okay
1: so therefore i think you'll you'll allow that
0: wouldn't you you allow that (laughs) That, (laughs) i'll allow that
1: fucking ethical minefield (laughs) i'll allow the ethical minefield that it is yes
0: whereas this one
1: i mean they don't look asian
0: look they don't really look Asian they're, 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 there is one major problem look the guy who plays Pigsy and there were two Pigsy I, I remember in the original series there was like the original Pigsy and then the Pigsy got replaced halfway through Pippa Stoll Pigsy.
1: yeah the dirty sexual <laughs> sex offender Pigsy <laughs> hello young ladies <laughs> It's like, like you
0: are horrible. <laughs> I think a lot of pigsy stuff probably has to be updated. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of
1: pigsy stuff wouldn't fly in this modern age. So you think him sweating and get excited watching girls like shower? <laughs> I think <laughs> maybe wouldn't fly in this. Pigsy sanitizer. was of a different time. <laughs> yeah, totally. So you knew Pig- pigsy is now president of the United States. <laughs> you knew pigsy
0: is firstly big. He's more your wild boarsy rather yeah. than your pigsy. That's he's right. he's a massive looking fella. He's got a beard and a man bun. Yeah. Uh, And uh, he's still got, he's like a sort of rake or whatever it was. A Chinese
1: samurai, but not quite Asian man bun. Right. And then the guy who's playing Monkey, Chai Hanson. He's
0: very handsome. He's very handsome. Uh, Rhymes with handsome. (laughs) Hanson. He looks
1: like... Keanu Reeves.
0: Yeah. Or um, uh, Taylor... Lautner. 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 Yeah. Very Taylor Lautner. Um, Tripitaka, still a bit asexual, still you kind of yeah, got Yeah, your...
1: so is that, is that a boy or a girl?
0: Yeah, well, it's played by a girl, okay. uh, Luciana Buchanan. But he's
1: still the priest
0: boy. Yeah, the priest boy. So, so that's th-
1: weird. Like, you've been- So you are rebooting the series and that's the one quirk, the one confusing to a lot of us uh, developing males, being attracted to that boy priest. You've kept that- like, why didn't they just cast a boy?
0: Well, I mean, maybe that's like, you know, being, you know, kind of, you know, That's it's the, the original, one tip of the hat? Yeah, that's, that's the tip of the hat. The one tip
1: of the top knot?
0: Well, then they've gone out on a real limb with Sandy, because yeah. Sandy now a woman.
1: Yep. Sandy was not a woman previously, so no. that's that's your modern update then. And there. for people who aren't aware, they're all gods, so gender probably is a fluid kind of thing. Like, none of the, not, the only person who's mortal is Tripitaka. Monkey's a monkey god, Pigsy's a pig god. And uh, uh, Sandy is a some sea, sort of sea, sea monster. Sea monster. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. I actually think she's not a god. Maybe she's a sea monster. Or hey,
0: it. Let's uh, we'll find that out. deity. Let's, let's go and find out what the characters were. Let's look at plot summary. Uh, the title character is described in the theme song as being born in
1: an egg on a mountain top, a stone egg, and thus he is a stone monkey. Yeah, in in the age before monkey, the prime primal chaos reigned. Hang on, we're again straying into a fucking ethical minefield, aren't we? Well, you're doing an impression uh, of a voiceover. Yeah. Of a voiceover, who so probably that's... wasn't even Asian to begin with, because it was dubbed into English. So that was probably a white dude doing that voiceover. Okay, here we go. So this is the story. Um,
0: uh, so he's a stone monkey, a skilled fighter who becomes a brash king of the monkey tribe. Who the song goes on to claim was the punkiest monkey that ever popped. Yeah, uh, he, he tre- knew every magic that was under the sun. <laughs> uh he achieved a little enlightenment and proclaimed himself great sage equal of heaven heaven. after demanding the gift of a magical staff from the powerful dragon king and to quiet the din of his rough antics on the earth monkeys approached by heaven to join their hosts first in the lowly position of master of the stable manure disposal and then after his righteous complaints as keeper of the Peach Garden of Immortality. But you know what he does in that garden? Monkey eats many of the peaches. (laughs) Which, millions of peaches. Peaches for me. He (laughs) sings that song by the (laughs) Presidents of the United States of America. Uh, I hope they do that in the remake. They should have peaches by the United States of America um, over the top. Uh,
1: Well, peaches do come in a can. They'll put there by a man. By a man.
0: (laughs) As the ancient myth said. So uh, monkey eats many of the peaches, which have taken a millennia to ripen, becomes immortal and runs amok having earned the ire of heaven and being beaten in a challenge by an omniscient, mighty, but benevolent, cloud-dwelling Buddha. That's what I loved, The Buddha was in the show. Yeah. Buddha was like a recurring character. Yeah, totally. Buddha was like the guy... The who... Heather Locklear. Yeah. A very special, special guest. guest uh, ongoing. Buddha. Yeah. No, Buddha was like, um, what was the guy who lived next to Tim Allen in Home Improvement? Wilson. Yeah, who you only saw like Over the Fence.
1: But Buddha, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was also portrayed by a female. I wonder if that's some yes. kind of tr- Chinese or Japanese... Like, you know, in Shakespearean tradition, for instance, like women never took the stage. Like Romeo and Juliet would be played all by men. I wonder if that is uh, some version of that.
0: Yeah, well, from the famous movie they made about that, Monkey in Love. (laughs) So Monkey is in prison for 500 years under a mountain to learn patience. Yeah. Uh, Eventually, in 630 AD, Monkey is released by the monk Tripitaka, who has been tasked by... Uh, someone to undertake a, privilege, a p- pilgrimage from China to India to fetch holy scriptures. Yeah. Uh, the pair soon recruit two former members. A long members.
1: time ago <laughs> when men were all made. Remember the closing credits? Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, the Nangara, <laughs> Nangara, they say it was in India. <laughs> God, you know what that sound says to me? I have to have a bath and get ready for bed. Because that's that's what normally would happen, is it's like, I've had dinner, Charlie's got to get in the bath and get ready for bed now, when I'd hear that music. Um, so, the fans soon
0: recruit two former members of their heavenly host who were cast out and turned from angels to monsters as okay. a result of monkeys' transgressions. Right. Sandy, the water monster, an ex-cannibal... Ooh.
1: That's why Sandy in the original uh, Monkey Magic oh like, had his all the skulls. Those skulls. His neck. That's right, yeah. Expelled from heaven after he's he he was always a whiny sod, wasn't he? Wasn't in he in that Sandy? Show? Always what a downer. It was like it was yeah. it was like Eeyore. It was Yeah, like, Monkey. This is too hard. We can't <laughs> do it. My head is dry. Someone spit on it.
0: Yeah, he was so C-3PO, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, expelled from heaven after his interference called Heaven's Jade Emperor's uh, precious jade cup to be broken. And Pigsy, a pig monster consumed with lust and gluttony.
1: Oh, young ladies. Who Hello. was expelled
0: from heaven after harassing the star Princess Vega, the Jade Emperor's mistress, for a kiss. Oh, look, it was just locker room talk. It, it was just, just locker room it talk. It was just locker cloud talk. He, he just wanted to heaven. grab her on the pussy, <laughs> yeah. which was a pussy monster who was expelled from heaven. <laughs> A dragon, Yu Lung, who was set free by Ganyan, 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 the by Kanyan, <laughs> after being uh, sentenced to death, eats Tripitaka's horse.
1: That's right, because that was in the second series. The yeah. dude, he was like the white ranger, but in like monkey turns.
0: Uh, on discovering that the horse was tasked with carrying Tripitaka, it assumes the horse's shape to carry the monk on his journey. Later in the story, he I mean,
1: that's got to be weird, right? Like, I mean. You know he can transmogrify, yeah. But when you're Chupitake, you know that you're riding around on some dude's back, right? You know what I mean? Like your balls are on his back and stuff, and it's just a bit weird. When he transforms into his human form, does he remember that you farted? You know, when they were going, you know, like he was cantering up that hill, and you accidentally farted on him. Well, does firstly,
0: firstly, your balls won't be on his back because you're actually a woman.
1: <laughs> no, but Chupitake is a boy. Yeah, in the show yeah but it was played by a woman yeah but, so no boss yeah but also he wasn't Literally transforming no from a horse into a man when he's doing this show Will oh, man, it's a good I'm, boy, <laughs> I'm I talking about within the universe sorry Tom Hartley
0: <laughs> I get confused between real life and movies um okay so on discovering the horse yep yeah, uh Later in the story, he occasionally assumes human form to assist his new master, although he's always still referred to, to as horse.
1: And also to let his master know that he remembers him farting <laughs> on his back. Monkey <laughs> just cantering up that. He
0: ear. helps him in tasks, but also constantly reminds him of the farts. And
1: then what do And then are you feeding him like, hey, what, what? is in horse form? Yeah. Like, well, when it, okay, so they're going to take a they're going to take a smoko, fifteen right. minute break, have get some water, have something yeah. to eat. Does he transform back into human form? Yeah, to eat like Has a pie. Bar? <laughs> or pie or does he stay in horse form and eat <laughs> some a, hay
0: he turns back into a human and has a big egg and a pie <laughs> and then turns back into a horse he's like I hate tastes wrong man <laughs> <laughs> monkey could also change form for instance into a hornet really I yep. didn't know that in episode 3 the great journey begins monkey transforms into a girl to trick pigsy
1: yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 To transform into a girl yeah. to trick him. Yeah. It's like get it. Eddie Murphy saying, I was just giving that transvestite uh, a, lift. a lift home. Just lift home
0: yeah. on <laughs> my magical cloud. Monkey's other magic powers include summoning a cloud upon which he can fly. Um, his use of the magic wishing staff, which he can shrink and grow at will from time to time. When shrunk, store in his ear. In his ear. That was always the best, where yeah. he would pull it out of his ear and then he'd like make, make it, it big. Make it big and then yeah. he'd have a fight with it. That yeah. was pretty cool. And him whistling for the crowd because it was like, yeah, man. <laughs> that how was many, that
1: like, was big. Kid, that how, was big in the playground. Oh, Summoning so the it? cloud, yeah. wasn't it?
0: Um, so he can use his magic wishing staff um, and the ability to conjure monkey warriors by blowing oh, on hairs right. plucked ripped, from his chest. That's right. Pluck hairs from. That's yeah. right. Uh, the, the pilgrims face many perils, uh, blah, blah, blah.
1: They don't mention, I think there's something missing from that where... Which is? The reason Monkey wears that <laughs> oh, the protect, band around his head... Because Tripitaka can... Control it. Like yeah. if he misbehaves... She yeah, she starts praying. praying. And he's like, oh, ah, stop here, stop here! Ah, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's a pretty great show. <laughs> <laughs> pretty great show. Anyway, they're remaking Mon- Monkey Magic. Um, with a brand new cast. I mean, if
1: they can do... What you just read me then actually made me excited Such to go joke. and watch it. Like, yeah. it's just... Because I, I, I actually read the book it's based on, which is like a fucking 500-year-old, you know, um, uh, novel, I guess. What do you call it? It's like a, a mythology. It's like a... Whatever. Book? Yeah, but... Is the word what's you're the for gen- book? But what's the genre when it's like an ancient myth? It's like... I mean, what is that? What is that? Form? Mythology. Mythology. A book yeah, of, probably one. a book of mythology. Anyway, it's called the Journey West or the Pilgrimage yep. West, or whatever. And it is, it's like reading Lord of the Rings because it is filled with all those amazing kind of characters and scenarios and stuff. If this new show can tap into and that... And it's
0: essentially a hero's journey. Like, it's a really uh, simple hero's literally, journey. Literally. Yeah.
1: But Monkey is the classic anti... I mean, this has been the toe about anti-heroes, but right. monkey's the classic anti-hero. He's the god who was fucking too boisterous and fucking outspoken, so he's been sent on this journey to assist someone else, to put his ego aside.
0: Charlie, are you saying he's Mad Monkey? <laughs> are we saying this should be George Miller's project?
1: Mad Monkey Scripture Road.
0: I mean, I would love to say that. George Miller's Monkey Magic.
1: Fuck yes. Right? Yeah. That would be amazing. You could
0: definitely see that work.
1: Why not? I mean, DC are doing a TV universe and a cinematic universe. That's what we want to see, Will. Sorry, Kevin Smith. Clerks 3 is on hold. <laughs> George Miller with Keanu Reeves playing Monkey. Amazing. Yeah, okay. That's pretty good, actually. We're in. Although the whitewashing controversy, you'd have to cast... I well, think Keanu, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, like he has... Asian blood. Asian blood, right? But I think the rest of the cast... I'll give you Kate Blanchett as the sea monster, but no, no,
0: no. We got to get. Um, I reckon we go back to like more traditional okay, casting. So Michelle Yeoh, yeah, Michelle Yeoh, she'd she'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um,
1: does ja- Jackie Chan has to be like horse? Yes, yeah, so the horse. You're not Pigsy. He's no, 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 no. No,
0: just occasionally pops up in an episode. Oh, does
1: Jackie Chan play monkey? No, monkey's gonna be sexy. I think.
0: Yeah, I think monkey's got to be a bit yeah. younger than All Jackie right. Chan.
1: Chow Yun Fat as Pigsy. All right. Although he's a bit more, he's a bit Clint Eastwood. You know what I mean? Pigsy Ned comic. Who's like a.
0: An Asian comic uh, actor?
1: Uh, the fucking hangover guy. Oh. <laughs> What's his uh, name? What is his name? Uh, K- Leung? Leung? Ken. Ken. Ken Leung? Yeah, Ken he's, Leung?
0: Yeah, Ken someone. Um, Ken Long. <laughs> Kenneth Leung. <laughs> Ken. J- oh, Ken Yong. Xiong. Ken Xiong. Uh, J-E-O-N-G he could be because he's he's probably
1: the most famous oh there's a guy yeah he's 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 pretty
0: good though he could definitely because
1: I mean Pigsy is comic relief right
0: yeah yeah, absolutely and he could definitely be kind of a sleazy take on Pigsy
1: yeah yeah Yeah. I like Uh, that that's it so he's Chippy Taka then
0: yeah okay well you need
1: are you going to cast a girl or are you going to cast a boy
0: No, it's got to be a girl right and it's got to be someone like it'd be um you would be that one of those people that you cast like, um, oh, you know who could do it? Like, like a Natalie Portman or somebody like that. Don't you, you want to
1: keep it though Asian?
0: Oh, yeah, good point. Who's your Asian Natalie don't Portman?
1: Know, same thing of female Asian leads under 20.
0: I know, it's probably... It the industry be, doesn't really you know support that, that does it? That would be the one role... And that, introducing.
1: That, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, that's... Yeah, no, and doing,
0: introducing as Tripitaka yeah.
1: Because Tripitaka yeah. has the least to do. Yeah. I mean, although it's... It could it's be some like K-pop journey.
0: star or something like that. Like you find some now huge we're talking, yeah, like yeah, yeah. someone who's huge in one China, of those big markets. Yeah. yeah. Some big Chinese star yeah. who's never had a big movie before. You exactly. get them in. That's Tripp And
1: you do it in English. The whole film in English? Hey,
0: yeah, we still got to do it in English. Yeah. <laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs> Come on guys. George Miller spending at We mostly cast dollars. Asians. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because they've been I mean that's something that they've been discussing a lot before I left LA in the Hollywood Reporter was this been this kind of couple of t- attempts now to bridge the Chinese Hollywood market, like the Great Wall is obviously like a, you know, a big sign of that, but they haven't, the, the question is, well, how do you do it when, you know, you need to cast, how do you tell Asian stories casting Hollywood actors or vice right. versa really? And no one's really been able to bridge it, but I think something like Monkey could work because right. it's virtually the Lord of the Rings of asian cinema in a yeah. way or you don't the, the necessarily log-ins. need all big name actors no and i think you can you can accept a post-racial world in that environment because it's fantasy right right so, yeah i think i think get george on the phone
0: <laughs> i like it i like it
1: I this... wonder, yeah that's definitely in there but anyway we'll, we'll give this show a shot all right,
0: right. uh we should finish up but uh, there's one more story that got sent to us okay. so we, we can do this one as well um uh, it turns out that uh, we've heard of like uh, female sex dolls, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out that um, oh, God. Uh, realistic-looking baby sex dolls and women made of plastic have been the talk of the town for a while now. Today, women are equally as fascinated by them. Companies like Real Doll have mastered the art of making realistic sex dolls and are now going to make male sex dolls as mm. well. These male sex dolls will be battery-powered oh. and can be charged for as long as you want them to last.
1: Oh, Uh, right, because the penis will vibrate.
0: With the new technology, these sex dolls will be able to respond to verbal dialogue and will also be able to simply outperform any other sex toy and probably your partner too. At the moment, they're calling it the ultimate pleasure experience. Um, These sex dolls with bionic penises (laughs) may just want you to not feel the need for real men. These robot male sex dogs are so, so, sex dolls, are so smart that they're packaged as the ultimate boyfriends. They can indulge in conversations. What? That they will even have a backstory and a past.
1: What is going on? Is this real? <coughs> is this written by Paul Fucking Morin?
0: Uh yeah, look, it's not well written. Um but yeah, but basically look, male sex dolls.
1: So they can come. when they said they can have they'll have backstories as in Is it like the cabbage patch kids have backstories that came in the packaging? Or will it sit there and tell you that, you know, his father never loved him? <laughs> imagine if the backstory is all really Really tragic. terrible. Yeah. Well, I guess
0: in this day and age, you'll be able to load in whatever backstory you
1: want. Well, if you fucking, as an adult, has ended up as a sex doll, chances are you had a pretty fucked childhood. I imagine that sex doll doesn't have a lot of good things to say. To be in that position in life, something bad has happened. Yeah, prior. you could have
0: been like, hey, mate, I could have been a mannequin yeah. in the front. You know what my dream was? Maya Windows, mate. Do you think Christmas I want a bionic bite? penis? You know what I wanted to be doing? You've reduced me down to just a body part. I'm an advanced supercomputer robot, and you're just fucking me? I had dreams. I wanted to be a Terminator. But look at me. Look at what I've become. It's a weird backstory.
1: <laughs> really? Program that in. We shouldn't have got Lars von Trier in to write all the backstories.
0: It seemed like a big name at the time, but they've all gone in a pretty depressing and dark way. All right, um, uh, we've probably done enough, right? We should... Yeah, uh, yeah we've
1: uh, you know what? We've done a tidy 58 minutes. Let's talk okay, nice. another we'll do, Yeah, we'll do
0: plugs and then we'll be out of here. Um, so we have a Patreon page. It is uh, tofop.com slash Patreon. Uh, if you support this podcast for as little as a dollar... No,
1: you got it the wrong way around. It's patreon.com slash tofop. Oh, what did I say? tofop.com slash Patreon. That would invite...
0: Yeah, that will take you... If you want to go nowhere, go to tofop.com slash anything. <laughs> However, patreon.com slash yeah. Uh there is one and if you join for as little as a dollar a month yeah. you get the James Fosdyke yeah. three panel three panel uh, only three cartoon. Panels.
1: he whips it up in a couple of hours takes him uh, no time at just all just a tiny
0: little bit so easy to do
1: in fact I think we're overpaying him for how easy it is for him to do
0: yeah uh, we also pay him one dollar a month yeah <laughs>
1: But uh, seriously, it's, folks, it's brilliant. Fuck, man. It's so good. There's, it gets better and better every week. Yeah. The one that's out at the moment, the Chuck Norris is... Chuck Norris, Aaron Norris. Amazing. And the one that's coming out in a couple of weeks, the sizzle on that, like it's just... I had to actually go back It's the only time I've done this to listen to what inspired the strip. And when I listen to it, I'm like... Wow, he's been very kind to us. Our, our fleeting reference he has turned into something fucking incredible. Well, that's
0: what happens so often with these things because they're not like literal transcripts of no. stuff that happens on the podcast. They're moments from the podcast that James kind of gets inspired by and then goes off and kind of tells his own story. They're the the, the rogue one. Yeah. Of, they're all canon. Yeah. They all count as canon, yeah. but they are definitely like the Doctor Who books. Yeah. You know.
1: Well, what I can see happening if, if, as these strips go on and on, it's start, like it used to be, hey, it's The Adventures of Will and Charlie. And the last few strips, there's like no Will and Charlie. So eventually it's just going to be, I oh, forget about that. Don't worry about it. Those guys are what? Oh,
0: eventually the comic strip will get so big it's bigger than the podcast. Yeah, totally. And then people will go, you know, there's a podcast that goes with this comic strip.
1: <laughs> it's like.
0: Nah, I don't want to listen to that. I just like the strip, mate. It's heaps better.
1: Yeah, so you should definitely, if you've, look, we're not asking for you to fucking um, uh, sign up at a level you can't afford, but for as little as a dollar mo- a month, you will get all this shit and it helps us out for sure.
0: Oh, by the way, we should say thank you to everyone who bought posters, the brilliant James Light posters at the Melbourne Comedy Festival live show. Yeah. Uh, I did not see the posters get sold. John Deeks and his daughter went out and sold the posters for us. Yeah. Um, if people can give us feedback on how that happened, because I he sold so many posters.
1: I know, it was unbelievable. He actually, like, I thought he was joking. He said, do you want me to go out and sell these for you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Expecting that maybe you'd take out like yep. two or three. He took the entire stack out. and We made more money from our posters than we've ever made from any show ever before. But from
0: anything ever. <laughs> I like it was brilliant yeah so i'd love to know what happened thank you to everyone for buying one i really we really appreciate that we have do still have some left and yeah we've got some from last year as well and we should
1: we actually sort of need to yeah work well we we should find some
0: like level that people give to the patreon and send them out some signed posters and stuff like that as well so i
1: I also should say too i know i've fallen behind on um, all our 20 dollar patreon subscribers because will we've talked up the dollar uh, a price packet, but if you join for $20 a month, yeah, you'll get, while stocks last, a copy of the TOEFET 100 transcript, which was a show we did at the Comedy Store, which was transcribed by a real-life court stenographer. Um, uh, you'll get a copy of that for yourself plus So, to- the
0: point is, and you've got to remember about that is, the transcript does not necessarily match what was said on the show. It was her interpretation. Yeah, that's the great beauty of it. Yeah. Like it's not like a trans group that we sent the show to somebody and then they just wrote it all down. This is literally what a court stenographer typed up on the night of what she thought we were saying.
1: A court stenographer who has sat in on murder trials. Right. And she said there'd been nothing ever as horrific as what she witnessed that night. (laughs) Uh, So for people who do subscribe to that level, um, I know I've fallen a bit behind on sending the books out, but I I send a message out on Patreon. If you haven't checked your Patreon lately, go check it out. If uh, you're waiting for a book, send me your details. I'm going to try and get to that in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we're we're always thinking about we're back in the same place now for a little while, which is fantastic. So obviously we're going to try to do the podcast as regularly as possible. And we're working on some other things behind the scenes to hopefully, you know, I know after the big live show in Melbourne, we always get requests from everywhere else around Australia going, will you ever come here and do a show? We'd love to at some stage. We don't know if and when that sort of thing might happen, but mm. they're all things that we have in our mind. And the more we could kind of get some support behind the podcast and some finances and stuff, it just helps us to John Dix do more of that stuff.
1: Cost a fortune. I'll be honest with you.
0: He's worth it though. Make it made it back in posters. In fact, I think we only do posters. I think. In fact, I think this business is John Deeks selling James Vosdike stuff. I think that we are actually the problem in the middle of this.
1: I'll tell you something off air that relates to this. Uh, <laughs> did you have anything else to promote? Uh,
0: I'm on tour, so I still have dates in uh, Darwin, uh, Perth. Um, I'm there the weekend that the Bulldogs play uh, West Coast. It'll be just down the road from where I'm performing, so that's bad timing. But anyway, um, I'll be in Perth doing Critically Will. I'll be in Darwin. I'll be in Belmont, and I'll be uh, Nelson Bay, I think, but they're both around Newcastle, so if you're in the Newcastle area, all the details at comedy.com.au. And then uh, I don't know if I'm going to allow to announce it yet, but I'll give a bit of sizzle. If you are in Montreal for the Just for Last Festival... Uh, there is a chance that I will be coming your way to do not only...
1: Imagine if people buy a ticket specifically to see you and then it doesn't happen.
0: Well, I mean, I'm going to be doing, hopefully, my solo show there. Yeah. Um, And so if they're buying tickets to my solo show, it means it's actually coming there. Okay. In fact, if it's not on yet and you buy a ticket, that'll really convince them that it's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> but it might just be hard to buy a ticket. You might just have to send them $35 in an envelope and go, this is for a Will Anderson ticket. If and when, if and when you put it on sale. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson.